Hello, everyone. My name is Uma Qureshi, uh, Bunger Podcast, Podboy. Uh, this is another episode of the Bunger Podcast. Today, I have the judges from Buckeye Mela 2024. Um, and also, disclosure, I competed at Buckeye Mela. I hate all of them because they didn't place <laughs> me. And yeah, we're just we're just getting that out of the way. I'm sorry if anybody is actually upset that I am doing this. I don't really care. All right. Anyways, uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'll go first. So I'm Robbie, um, one of the judges at Buckeye, um, one of the founders of SDK Sheranikom, um, acting as coach and judges as Buckeye. Dancer and senior dancer. I'm uh, Fantastic. Oh, hello. Ahead. My name's Anil. Um, one of the other judges uh, for Buckeye 2024. Um, dancer on um, Fodge Pangara. Yeah. That's about it. All right. Give me one moment while I figure out if this thing is working. Um, yeah, give me one sec. Because nobody else is replying, and it's making me nervous. Fantastic. Alrighty. So, uh, for, any, for everybody who's listening, the way this is going to work is we're going to more or less follow the similar format. So, we're going to more or less follow the same format that every other um, judges panel starts. We're going to go through the rubric. We're going to talk about deliberations. We're going to talk about every other from all the other thamasha that happened that is relevant to this, the place in this conversation. After which... What I'll um, have you all do is type in the chat. I'm going to see if this call live call in thing works, and we're going to have you all call in, ask your questions, and if there's anything else you all want to ask the judges. Cool, great, awesome. So first things first, let's go. Oh, actually, okay. First things first, elf in out of the um, elf in the room. What happened with Alamo? Because based off what you guys said, have told me, and I've heard. In order to understand placings, you fundamentally have to understand what happened with Alamo. So uh, whoever wants to go for it, just uh, just help help everyone understand. Um, yeah, I can just give like a high level overview. Sure. Um, morning ish of the competition, I think all of us got on a call. We got on a call from the the was the directors wanted to get on a call with all of us, and they explained that there was um, a team. They didn't name uh, the team. They tried. They kept all that out of it. It was just uh, totally giving. Like, was it? Was and there as on top of or like on top of already giving them a hard time prior to this. They told us there was a situation that happened at Tech. Um, they explained things like team showed up to late to Tech, or team was being very disrespectful to not just the um, individuals on the committee of the comp from the competition but to the uh, staffing of the actual venue. And I think when I heard that part, part, knowing that this was like, they got kicked out of the venue last year, um, mm -hmm. that's when I was like, oh, like that's a big deal because the staff members aren't part of the competition and they can make or break where Buckeye Mela happens next year. Um, mm -hmm. The, uh, what was it? The director of there was, Went into more detail, so there was a bit of profanity used. Um, I'm just going to keep it at that. Um, I mean, bro, just like language. Um, like, yeah, okay, all right, cool. Got to do it like my soap notes, okay? <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> um, uh, and basically, they asked if this would be along the lines of a 
disqualification for unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, and mm-hmm. if you look at the rubric, which I believe you have posted there uh, at the yeah. bottom, there's a listing of disqualifications and unsportsmanlike conduct is one of those. Um, they asked us what we thought. Uh, we all gave our like two cents on this um, mm-hmm. back and forth here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, we told them like, this is what we think. However, it's up to you as the board to decide what to do. Um, we were able, we started off at disqualification. I think the board decided that that was a bit too harsh. They wanted the team to dance. Um, we said, all right, the max point deduction is 10. Um, we'll just give the team minus 10 automatically and then just deduct it after the whole competition occurred. Just make sure that they know this is going on. That mm-hmm. was then, I think one of the judges mentioned that like, oh, like 10 might be too harsh. Um, Sorry, who said that? One of the judges think, or? Yeah, one of the judges. Um, okay. So we decided, like we said, we didn't really decide. We basically said it would be interesting if you gave it like like a, a warning system, like here's minus five. Um there, we were told that the team had an extra tech time, so there we told we specifically told the board to tell them this before their tech to say, "Hey, you're going to get minus five. Do this tech time. Mm-hmm. If you are going to cause any more problems, we will upgrade it to a total of minus ten. Um, they the board was like, "Okay, that seems like a fair thing. We will go talk to them." And then that was the end of the call. We were all in agreement that like that seemed fair. Um, and then we all decided to like, that was early in the morning. So we all went to mm-hmm. brunch. Um, and then we came back and we realized we hadn't heard back from anybody for like a couple of hours um, okay. about what the final um, mm-hmm. decision was or what they were going to do. But I think like by the time we got to the venue, we were told that they were only going to remove three points from that team post competition. Sorry, say it again. That uh, well, by the time we got to when we got to the venue, like we were getting yeah. ready and yeah. prepping, whatever. Okay. That's when we were finally told that they will be removing three points from said team after uh, the competition mm-hmm. or after can like you, the yeah. All so eight. can you can you help me understand what how it went from DQ to ten to to like did they tell you how exactly they arrived at the decision to just take off three? For the three points, I believe we were told that they brought up five points to the team and the team said, we're mm-hmm. not going to dance at that point. I think they got negotiated at three points between the team and the um, the board. Once again, like if I'm, I this is only from our perspective of this. Yeah, like, yeah. This no, like, no, yeah, exactly. We're dealing through the grapevine. Yeah. Um, and so we, we were like, that seems a little too easy light yeah um and we told the competition go tell them that it's five and Mm -hmm. they said we already told them so we can't make the change anymore and that's where like that conversation ended for that time being gotcha okay um does anybody else want to add anything or related to before the actual competition began what Cool. If not, then let's 
go into rubric conversation. So Mela is a well-known competition and, you know, more or less it's a, a pretty, I don't want to say exactly 50-50, but like pretty close. So tell me, um, I guess first and foremost, were there any changes to any major changes in terms of wording or point allocation to the rubric from in comparison to last year when you guys were given this rubric? There was... I think one of the things that we changed yeah. was like cohesion. I think it was like 15 points at first and we changed it mm -hmm. to 10. And then there was a five point section somewhere in set design that we embedded somewhere else and added points there. Do we have the old rubric? I don't know. Let's see. 10, 15, 15, 10. Or is that the cohesion thing? Well, anyways, okay. okay. So, any okay. So, a, a few points taken off cohesion. Um, anything else? So, after the thing that happened at Berg, um, so Rungla, you, you know, the bug came off, hit the floor, and all right. that. So, we kind of wanted to yeah. address that, make sure teams that were actually tying bug on properly and paying close attention to it. So, we decided mm -hmm. to add that bug slash Juni if it falls okay. off. Or if, right. if it falls off and hits the floor, it's automatic DQ. Um, if your head is not covered, uh, it could be a chimney or bug. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was minus five. So that's something we added. Okay. And I believe the dancing was like dancing. eight minutes minimum before. Yeah, we changed it to seven. Okay, thank you. Thank you, sir. Oh, my Lord, nah. eight minutes minimum <laughs> dancing. That's kind of long. The, the dancing was six minimum, and we upped it to seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Nabilson. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. Give me one second while I fucking change this. Um, Nabil, hey, how are you? How's life? Yeah. Okay, let me fix all the screens and such in the meantime. But recording on a new track. That's great. Okay, cool. Nabil, you wanna talk about how you how you were a big advocate for the seven minute minimum dancing time? Uh yeah. Um no, I just felt like, you know, um, I felt like we should have a minimum because mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to standardize or I guess uh, compare teams when they're dancing at very different set lengths, comparing a, you know, like a six minute set to an eight minute set when you have dancing for like 75% of the time, it can really skew like how much, you know, how you view the execution energy, um, a lot, a lot of aspects of the performance. So that's why I felt like we should set like a minimum around seven minutes. I thought I felt like it was pretty good. It's like an average performance length. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of why I, I felt that way. I felt like everyone else kind of agreed. So that's why we went with that. I think that should be the standard now, nowadays moving forward. Yeah. I think seven minutes should be a standard dancing time. Just because it's nowadays, I'm sure, you know, your gigs that you guys do. Um, mm hmm like six minutes at least right because that's Yo, man we... you have some aggressive ass gigs <laughs> i have never danced a six minute gig set what are you talking about but <laughs> think about it if you put like a 30 second 40 second skit in there you know or something you know it ends up, mm -hmm. ends up six minutes you know about six minutes of technically the how that's how long the mix is but i think seven mm -hmm. minutes is a, is a pretty good standard um that i think i think so i, yeah, I feel like I feel like most gigs are like five, six minutes at least. I mean, not at least at like around that length, five, six minutes. So I do agree. I mean, you. I feel like gigs are more chill, obviously. Um, 
kind of just it's a little bit more expression and having fun but um it's not as it's not as hard hitting as like a comp like how you would dance at a comp but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i do agree i think that you know having i think all comps like garan said you should just have that basic minimum so that way we can kind of standardize teams and and compare them across the board I mean, I think that's fair, like, especially when it's like sets are like. I'll be honest. I think like sets are getting shorter and shorter and shorter sets all the used time to be now. Like seven and a half minutes average. I don't know what happened. Yeah, this like, years. I mean, like even I'm, before COVID, it got shorter. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I definitely have been like, yo, if you think if you just cut like if you don't like an idea or like whatever, just cut it short. Nobody really notices. Nobody really cares. But like, this is the first time somebody's bringing it up. Um, that being said, you know, I agree. Um, oh, we had, okay. So then, uh, so we had some questions from the chat while we we're, while we we're discussing this and I was addressing all these things. Hold on. Cut. Cool. All right. Everybody can be seen now. Uh, so w- somebody was asking, so to clarify bug off and hits the floor, that's a DQ. And I guess my question is what I, so I know you guys mentioned the fact that it was because of what happened at Berg, but DQ seems a little harsh to me. To be frankly honest, yeah, was it so, DQ? I feel like it was one of the disrespectful I mean, you you just said DQ, like, so that's why I'm saying if, DQ. Yeah, if there if, was like if it wasn't dealt with properly, like respectfully or anything, like DQ. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, if, yeah, they're not doing the V Tech yeah. punt off the stage. Yeah, that's a DQ. Ooh, yeah. Uh, TBT to when that happened. When what year was that? Like 2013, 2014? I don't know. Was that V Tech? Or sorry, V-Tech. not not V Tech. I'm sorry. Uh, the really good Virginia team, collegiate team, VCU. That's it. VCU. Yeah. VCU. Sorry, I didn't mean any kind of slander. VTech. My bad. But let's go over the conversation about um placings and such. So third place. What? Where was everybody at? How was everybody feeling before? Like while you're getting into the placing discussions. Oh, and also just for everybody who's like gonna just be listening to audio. So I'm going to read out the placings that ultimately happened. So we have Fortile at 103.3, MSU at 103.5 at second, Alamo at 101.3 at third, FCB at 101.3 at fourth, Azad at 89.5, MMD at 80, CMU at 81.1, and VDS at 76.6. So those are the scores. And you can, if you're watching on the live stream, you can see that you can see it right there. And I guess when we're when we're talking about the third place conversation, would y'all, if you take take a second and just kind of like tell, what actually just tell tell me the conversation. How did that go? How did that happen? So um, I remember we all had kind of got in the room, and I think we were all initially like kind of just like talking aloud for like like a minute or two, and then we decided to just go around the room and say our top four out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we kind of just, I remember we kind of took averages. Like we had a lot, basically all of us had Fortile at like one and two and three. And then other, uh, everyone else had like MSU at one, two. So we were like, okay, those two teams based off averages are going to be our top two. And no one really had any disagreements there. And then we went to the next two. I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly, but that's what I remember happening. And then um, 
we we saw that the next two on average were first class and Alamo. So we ended up discussing there. Okay. So looking at the score sheet, literally tied. So again, I danced on FCB, blah, blah, blah. But tell me, uh, what ultimately what ultimately was this decision between Alamo and FCB? So, because, I mean, they're literally tied. The biggest factor here, and Robbie said it best in the room at the point, was it came mm-hmm. down to like, it came back to, it came down to Mela factor, right? And what that was asking okay. for. And did it, did it paint, did the performance kind of like paint what the comp was envisioning, right? Um mm-hmm. And Robbie said it best. They kind of they blew that uh, section out of the like they just they won it. They they won it fair and square. They had the high, I think the mm-hmm. high, one of the highest scores in it. And per rubric, they also had a better execution uh, score. I believe I could be wrong. If you want to pull, I you can't see the scores. Yeah, um, let me and, pull it up. Uh, there you go. I think yeah, they were like probably one of the higher ones of the night too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that end of the day, like on my end, I know I could say that like, even though I could paint reasons for why Alamo should be, shouldn't be third, I couldn't paint reasons for why FCB, sorry, for, uh, third, I couldn't paint reasons for why FCB should have been third, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. So you, that was on uh, my end, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you were mentioning like, male factor and how they blew it out of the water. Can you help me help um, me and everybody else like understand what exactly they do? Was it execution? Was it their ideas? What is the concept? Was it like paint a picture? Um, So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, go. Yeah. Somebody else can go. So if you look at it, if you look at that, that category itself on the rubric, right? It says word for word. What was your overall impression of the performance? Did they bring excitement? How impactful were the intro and ending? Did the set um, maintain a tone that represents their identity? Did the ideas add value? I think when Alamo mm-hmm. came out, right, uh, even in mm-hmm. just their intro, uh, they did like a like a it was like a freeze mid luck that type of thing. Um, that in itself set the tone for what the performance could be, um, and they continue to identify or continue to hit that category throughout the performance. I won't go into detail on it a lot because I know they're going to compete again. Yeah, um, but they they definitely held down that category more than the other teams did that night. Um, mm-hmm. So just in it, just because of that, it it set them apart. Um, but again, I will say the margins for the placings were very very tight. So, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as soon as they're yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone else want to comment on Alamosi B? Um, for me as well, it kind of hit the same way. Um, if you go into cohesion, um, for me, actually, it was the other way around. I actually had FCB and uh, Alamo tied in cohesion. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like there was a lack of, I guess you could say, I'm just pulling up the rubric here. Execution, I had um, FCB slightly lower um, than uh, Alamo. I felt like the quality of dancing and the energy aspect felt slightly lower than um, Alamo. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like Alamo dancers just had 
I don't know. They just they were they were slightly better in that specific category for me. Sure. Um, but other than that, I feel I thought like cohesion and um, cohesion co- cohesion and set design. I had Alamo and um, FCB tied. Um, and in my scores, you see Alamo only had one point higher overall um, than FCB. So. Um, that's what it came down to at the end for me. Okay. And then, you know, first when we discussed it, then, you know, we had Alamo third. If not, this no, is cool uh, too. I think they kind of all hit the points that stuck out mm-hmm. to me as well. I agree, the Mela factor. I think their performance, um, it was just a little unique compared to the other performances of the night. Um, mm-hmm. The way they started off was really nice. I felt like the one thing that kind of brought, well, I don't want to comment on this too much because they're, you know, they're competing yeah. again, so. But um, but I felt like they they had a very unique performance for me throughout the night um, compared to other teams. Uh, their set style, the way they choreoed it, the way the flow was, was just different. Mm-hmm. And I think the execution factor for me is where they won it over SCB. Um, mm-hmm. Even though both teams executed pretty well, they both have obviously really great dancers. Um, just that night, that performance, the way their mix was hitting, the, the way that they executed the set cohesively, I felt like they edged them out based off the execution and uh, and the uh, Mela factor. I actually had, I think by points, I had them beating FCB by a little bit of a margin, actually. Um, so I think that uh, those are the reasons for me. Okay, cool. Um, the other thing, uh, so one of the one, one of the listeners are bringing up. So didn't watch Alamo and for the, um, they they only watched for the and MSU. I'm assuming these scores are minus three. If the minus three wasn't in place, would Alamo place first, or was MSU and or Fortile or MSU that much better? I think this was a question we probably all got asked separately, or even at the competition mm. itself. And mm. honestly, on my end, like it, both Fortile and MSU had it be like before the deductions were in place. Um, uh, that went for I think for a couple of us too, or oh, having Alamo I think Max too. If anything, um, mm-hmm. anybody else want to jump in and speak on their scores? Yeah, like for me, if we don't count deductions, I had both for the. Mm-hmm. And so I know the so okay again just for anybody who's just tuning in right now so. Ultimately, committee decided to just do minus three for Alamo um, based off of reasons. I'm actually going to have the d- male directors on sometime later this week, and they to, just to, so that they could say their piece and put to rest whatever they want to put to rest. But I know that there was also some adjustments when it came to deductions generally because of bug malfunctions and journey malfunctions, et cetera, et cetera. And I did want to also give you all some space to address that. I know, Robbie, you said you had some. Yeah. Uh, so I think we kind of, uh, we kind of started off the conversation with how did that, how did the point deductions, um, how did they come up with that? And the last conversation that we had was, okay, let's, let's do ultimately like, like a minus five. And if there's another mm-hmm. incident, then do minus 10. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, that was the last conversation we had. Uh, we didn't know until uh, of the minus three until later. Um, had we known, we probably would have pushed back. And I'll talk about why I felt strongly about the minus three 
It's because what? So we're we're giving five points off for a chunie that fell off, just came off the head by accident. But mm-hmm. if it comes to the point where a director has to call the judges in the morning saying, "Hey, we're having these issues," well, technically, you know, the rubric says that team gets disqualified. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're gonna settle for point deductions, you have to make it make sense. You can't take five points off for a chunie, but then a team that could have been disqualified, you only gave them minus three. Mm-hmm. Had um, Alamo gotten the minus five, they probably would have dropped to fourth for me, I think. Yeah, they would have dropped mm-hmm. to fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same on my end as well. Um, FCB would have been third, and um, Alamo would have been fourth. Um, and that's how I kept my deduction as well. Um, so, junior deduction, I actually went... You could go up to five, but I went uh, three points. Um, so I kept it. If it's bug, you know, a floppy turla coming off or whatever it is, I mm-hmm. will deduct three. Um, and I did the same thing uh, for chunis. But I, I don't think I did anything for bugs, but I definitely did it for chunis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what was it when we saw, I know on my end when I saw, the, the moment I saw like for Tilis, the blue girl's chunis come off, mm-hmm. um, I was like, this is going to be like an issue Um, because like, I think Robbie put it beautifully in the fact that whatever, like if whatever the team did in the morning required them to call us and like discuss and get our opinion on what to do, like it must've been very bad and it must've been like very disrespectful. Like I don't, it it wasn't, I could not equate like a Chani coming off a head because of a Bobby pin or something to like, costing a competition their venue right um so that's why i we had a we met with the direct or the directors we asked them i i said this straight up to them i was like if i'm gonna go minus five for that jenny i'm not like whatever team that like is the, the deductions of like or the that we were considering disqualified like take my scores down for them like i cannot do that based off of the rubric um and they're like then just equal it out to the uh equal it out to like what we're giving that team so I brought my down to minus three per journey. I had to do that for, for delay and did it for mm-hmm. MMD as well. Okay. Ah. Okay. Yeah. No, I was saying, I, I, I agree. I think we all, um, I think when it came down to, cause we, we all had, I think adjusted. I remember I adjusted my like deductions, uh, for Chinese knees and chather malfunctions. And I mean, I think the chather ones weren't as, uh, strictly listed, but the chunni malfunctions, I adjusted my scores as well. And then when we got back to final deliberations, we had this discussion as well. We all like talked about it and we're, I think all pretty much in agreement that, you know, if, yeah, based off what happened in the morning, there's no way we could penalize a team that much for a chutney when, you know, more serious things were happening. So uh, I think it was like across the board. So that ended up kind of being um, a way we kind of even the playing field a little bit more. Yeah, because I mean, I think if anybody's watched, okay, so one thing I want to uh, clear up, uh, uh, I'll address your thing in a second. One thing I want to clear up. So um, directors told me that I know that it says right here, Alamo is minus one. Uh, it's actually, they actually did minus three hard coded into the judges sheets. So even though it says minus one here, it was, I guess, total minus four. Um, and so it shows up in these. And so if anybody's, yeah, I, I want to further reiterate. So be, even though it says minus five here, y'all seem to have agreed that minus three seems to be the move. Um, 
So the, okay. And so then Varan was asking, so did everyone do minus three for Chunni deductions on Fortile? Also, did every judge take into consideration that that should probably hurt the team in most execution cats or categories? So like the, the, the Chunni, I believe, came off early. And so how did the, they how did that impact the rest of the set? Would it have been different if the Chunni fell off earlier versus later? And wanted to confirm, not trying to drill, just wondering. I think when it comes to like execution in the and that journey coming off, same thing with like a bug coming off, or same thing with like if you were to hyperextend a sub or kind of right. It's about how that individual proceeded to go about the rest of the performance. Did they let it mm -hmm. hinder them? Did they show it on their face? Did they get it? Did it get in the way of like certain formational aspects or like execution of choreography and certain things? So like it's all about the recovery at the time, like at at that moment for the rest of the set. Did the journey come off at the very beginning? Unfortunately for the that girl, it did, but she ended up carrying her own weight. I think somebody maybe mentioned her as like potentially up there for like best female of the night too, right? Like she carried, she did not let that journey off her head, like disrupt her mm -hmm. dancing at all. I don't think it affected a lot of sync, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, she recovered very well. She like acted as if that wasn't the case. If anybody wants to jump in on that, um, I agree. I think it was uh, it was Pink MMD, um, one of the girls that Trini came off as well. Mm. Um, I actually had her listed as one of the best uh, female dancers as well, potentially, um, and she held herself well. Um, I know it was a distraction um, within the team, but at the end of the day, how it was recovered, um, I felt like it was. Uh, recovered pretty beautifully and um you know i think i just i docked of course three points for the journey but you know that individual uh kept their weight throughout the throughout the performance one thing i also didn't want to ask based just because i know we're spending so much time on this pub and journey conversation but i think it is important because ultimately this is something relatively unique i don't really see many judging panels agreeing to take off equivalent amounts of, of it's such a large deduction for journeys and bugs. And clearly that had a very big role in how the placings ultimately played out. So one, I guess, question I do have is having had this experience with judging and taking out this much for journeys and uh, journeys uh, malfunctions, do you think that this is something that the rest of the circuit should adopt or what? Because like, I know there's a whole conversation when it comes to, you know, generally bugs are more or less, I don't, I hate like saying that, saying it the way I am, but I'm just going to say it for the lack of a better word, just like the bugs are valued more. They're always just generally seen in the circuit as like a more valuable thing to pop, fall off and then like blah, 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 gender norms, gender dynamics, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to go dive into that. But that being said, generally past circuit, past circuit, yeah. like precedence is like minus five for bugs, maybe minus one for minus one, minus two for Johnny. Um, but you guys decided to more or less make it equivalent. So yeah. yeah, yeah, go, no, please shoot. shoot yeah. So the whole bug thing, I, I think ultimately it worked out. I can't really, I can't remember if any bug got like that. One like, that oh. almost felt, that seemed like it was falling off. There's it looked like it was gonna fall guy. off the whole performance, yeah. yeah. It, okay, I think I know what you're talking about, but it didn't, right? Yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah, it started off. I thought it was kind of Yeah, yeah, I thought it was kind of impressive. But I thought people were paying closer attention to it and how you tie the puka. Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of works out. 
and maybe it's to better the circuit. Who knows? I think personally for me, the Chinese thing, I think I might've brought it up. Uh, I, I think I just tagged it along because we're like, okay, it's kind of the same concept. In hindsight, I didn't think Chinese would be, I didn't think Chinese would be a problem. But this competition, for some reason, it, like that was like the the wildest thing to see. Um, just pin them up right. Um, like Anil said that when that I think it was a blue girl on Fertitta, her her tuni came off. I, I was I was in shock. I, I thought it was going to hinder a lot of placings, but I mean I, I think it worked out. Yeah, um, yeah that's I think like thing. was it uh, overall like whatever you said, Umer is very like valid and there are many opinions to that so we're not going to like open up pandora's box there but i think we'll go a different route and say you look at your vardi as a whole as a uniform right and that is what you're mm -hmm. performing in make sure that everything about it from top to bottom is like done properly you tie the job there proper you don't have the legs showing out right like if you have that border at the bottom of your job there make sure that's like a line if you hit a jugni or jaw Right, like that's how you know that sh that lit that is tied relatively decently. Um, but like I said, top to bottom, that means if the top is a chunni or a bug, like make sure that whatever part of the uniform you're talking about, it's crisp, it's done right. You're performing, you're you're showing, you're like presenting yourself right to whoever's watching that live stream or whoever's in the audience. So like, make sure you look good. Mm -hmm. Isn't there yeah, like that saying that's like dress the way you want to like? Present yourself or something. I don't know. Yes, that's yeah. the way you want to impress. That one, something, something yeah, like that. Like that. Yeah, Fahad, that. Fahad was just calling you out on your legs, showing the entire Berg set from Anul. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Fahad, tell your thing. whole team that good. too. <laughs> good thing there was a uh, no deductions for that. No, yeah. um, the only thing I'll add on is just a. Uh, um, I know, like the bug obviously has cultural religious significance so obviously mm. it's very it's treated as very important and shouldn't be disrespected um but i guess as we bring the punga circuit over to western countries um and are trying to make it an equal playing field for men and women both i think it's fair to kind of to put the chunni put importance on the chunni because if you're gonna judge a female dancer at the same level as you're going to judge a male dancer um, or a female, all-female team versus an all-male team. If you had 12 male dancers all wearing bugs and 12 females all wearing chunni, technically, if you only cared about the bug, there would be no way for a female team to get disqualified. So you have to kind of, e you kind of have to equal the playing field if you're going to judge teams on a similar playing field. So I think that's initially why we decided to go the chunni and bug route points-wise. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I do think it worked out, and you know, it's kind of sad that it ended up docking people uh, some teams points but i think it was a, uh, you know i don't think it's an unfair thing and i feel like it should be upheld in the future that's just my opinion i know people disagree a little bit but i think it's especially if we're going to try to keep the playing field even you know the more the more you talk the more I kind of like vibe with it and i think um <laughs> i will say to just before we move on to the rest of the conversation i really do think that Vardy malfunctions and, you know, not tying things right, not having things ready, etc. It's, it tends to be, a ref I feel like it's always a reflection of how prepared the team was going into this competition. Like, I know at Champs, we made the set the week before. Uh, it's just like kind of how it unfortunately happened. And like our bugs were floppy and we were all like chickens with our heads cut off at that like, the entire like month before. And 
um, in previous competitions when we've had bug issues or party issues, it was always because the rest of the performance in terms of preparation, everything was not tightly knit. I can't say that's everybody's experience, but I can say that's my personal experience. And so I do have there. I think there is definitely something to say when, if you have a Vardy malfunction, something else probably went wrong when it came to set preparation and how you guys got ready in preparation. But I don't want to harp on this too much because we spend like 30 minutes on like a journey. So let's move on to uh, um, the second and first place conversations. So first place we had like, uh, we had, Furtile uh, Hire at 103.3 and MSU at 103.5. So um, uh, tell me about the conversation because based off points, MSU should have won. So tell me how that how that so conversation we, go. We had, we had yeah, a conversation. We had a conversation about which judge didn't do the minus three for the Chimney. That was me. So I stuck to the rubric and had I maybe done minus three, it could have pushed them over. And that was part gotcha. of our, I think also, um, three people, sorry, was it two yeah. and two had for at first and two, two had MSU at first. Is it was that like what three it was? and two. It was three and two, three but and one, two. I think Robbie had the tie. Yeah. I had the tie. Robbie had the tie. I have to actually look at the scores right now. So I had, I had MSU at first. Did Robbie also? Robbie did. Yeah, Robbie had that first. Here, then... here, I'll I'll re- I'll read this off for everybody. So, yeah. Nabil, you had MSU at one hundred seven. Uh, Alamo at one hundred three point five, and Fortile at one hundred three. Anil had MS. No, Fortile at ninety point five. MSU at eighty nine. Eighty nine. FCB eighty three point five. Also, I before. Uh, again, I just want to confirm. I don't know if these take and take the minus three on Alamo into they account. Do. So they, they do. do this they one. Do, yeah. Okay, yeah. So MSU one hundred. Uh, so this is Robbie. MSU at one hundred. Fortile at ninety four. FCB at ninety three. Just Smith. Fortile at one hundred seven. FCB one hundred six. Yo, he 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 was really definitely agree with him. Um, <laughs> Alamo and MSU tied at one hundred five, <laughs> and then um, got him. Uh, Fortile at 109, Alamo at 106, and MSU at 105.5. Okay, so it was like it was pretty tight overall. So yeah, go tell me what y'all were thinking when it came to that conversation. Yeah, so um, I think it was actually a that was actually the hardest decision of the night. I felt like you know we we did three and four and we were kind of stuck on that for a bit, but um, we kind of got that ironed out. Um. And then one and two was kind of difficult because I felt like everyone, everyone had strong feelings about like which mm-hmm. team was, was I guess pulling the mail the mail factor the most. I feel like MSU had like a very they brought like a very European vibe, a UK vibe. I felt like oh, okay. to this, to this, uh, to this comp, and it was very formation heavy. They had like a lot of very cohesive, um, you know, team team movements, team execution style uh, performance. And I felt like it really hit very well. Um, And I mean, you know, across the board, I felt like there was other teams that had stronger dancers, but I felt like their execution because of how the set was made, how, you know, formations were done, how, you know, just their their overall execution, their male factor kind of really put them at top. So I was advocating for them um, for first. 
but I know Fertile also had a very killer performance. It was kind of tight, but I think everyone had like very strong feelings like about why one team should go first and one team should go second. So it kind of took a little while. Um, I actually don't remember how we got down to deciding, though. Does anyone remember how we decided one and two? We were talking about my deduction. Had I not done that, bump their average up a little bit more. Um, was that was that the only reason? That's what we did. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Across I, think Z, I think we did the Z score. Um, who had the highest Z score, and Fertilo was coming up higher. I think the well, it was the fact that it was the, the Z score showed uh, MSU up by point two. So what you're showing there, um, Umer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for average score is actually the Z score. Um, this one, I believe, right? I don't know. No, the uh, Z score is like cut off over here, like over oh, to the right. Okay. Here, let me. Um, I can find it. Don't scratch what I said. <laughs> math is not my thing. The math isn't math thing, and it's okay. Two plus two is not. Right. Um, but I think just we started talking about. Uh, there was that thing that Robbie brought up, as well as we started talking about like what. Uh, characteristics each performance brought. I know on my end, I think they both had young dancers in terms of like two different aspects. Um, young dancing, I think uh, even uh, Nabil was talking about this was a, like in terms of dance maturity on the end of um, for Dile, they weren't hitting things the way like teams like Alamo or like mm. Azad were hitting things. Um, but at the end of the day, what I tried to, what I argued was that even like Fertile came out like all one through twelve dancers looked alike, right? Or sorry, one, um, I think they had, they had twelve or sixteen. No, they, they had twelve. They had sixteen. Um, yeah. sixteen was talking about Alibo. You talking about uh, yeah? MSU had sixteen. Yes, MSU. Had 16, MSU had sixteen. Yeah. Um, they all looked alike, even though it might not be a style of dancing that. Certain people, uh, certain people liked or disliked. Um, like it's the same thing. That's like why we talk about empire, right? It's like you can show an empire all, all the, all the time, but they were always in sync. They always had the same form, right? They brought formational execution and like they changed the game, right? Here at, at this comp, like you had a team that came out. They looked all similar. They brought. They had a consistent energy one through twelve mm-hmm. until the very end. Unfortunately, whereas MSU, I think it was like always whoever was in the middle or front had that uh, high energy where the people on the side and the back kind of took their breaks. Um, they had more dance rotation than MSU. Um, MSU had a lot of formations for sure. Um, a lot of great mechanisms, a lot of creative mechanisms, but at the end of those mechanisms, it'll always be the same four, same six people in front. Um, and I think that's what helped us kind of like go like pick our decision between the two. It was a very, very tight, decision as you can see by the scores like both mm-hmm. teams really they really brought their a game um but yeah that was yeah um another thing i want to touch on i did mention this but i feel like while msu and fortile did have like a younger dancing style not as mature as like azad azad was a team that stuck out to me that had like very mature dancing style alamo fcb but all three of those teams um but i feel like even though it was a young dancing style, it still looked nice. It still looked they were looked like they were they had good fundamentals, good training, good um, like a good base uh, in the way they danced. Um, there's a lot of young teams that don't have that, um, but I feel like you know the way they executed still looked like proper pangra. 
it didn't look it did not look awkward at all and i feel like that also kind of helped i think that was like a big a big thing that kind of like hurt a lot of teams at this competition too was that like mm-hmm. msu and fertile were the only two teams in my opinion that and the, you guys can agree or disagree with me that came out and all their dancers looked relatively very the same right alamo fcb azad mmd they had like well like mmd in my opinion had a lot of different styles going on um azad same thing with that um for 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 alamo and um fcb there was they were very close to being all similar but there was two sets of dancers that came on that stage there was like their top half and their bottom half mm-hmm. and the thing is that like their bottom half didn't like for both teams did not look the same as their top half um I- i'm sorry that's your team i know but deal with it um <laughs> it's fine dog we know but that I think that's like the biggest thing that put both MSU and Fertile like on top at this competition was just like they they were a unit. They both both teams came out were a unit. They did their style of Pangra. They executed. They were fresh. They were both new in terms of those eight teams. But yeah, I think another another aspect of deciding first and second was set design as well, uh, where Fertile's set design was a little bit way more enhanced. Than MSU, um, and I felt like you know in different categories, um, you know when we had the deliberation, everyone was talking about you know what they think about you know MSU and Fertile, and then <clears throat> what I said was you know in the set design aspect, um, Fertile uh, kind of did a great job in you know the creativity of the choreography, which is fifteen points. Um, where they scored higher for me uh, over MSU, so um, I guess that's that, that's another uh, big thing that played a role um, when deciding first and second as well. Yeah, the other the other thing I'll say is I actually because like we were all sitting together I, in the middle of the performances, we weren't discussing our scores or anything, mm-hmm. but you could see like when the placing teams, the top three placing teams, performed, you could just see that like. Uh, the judges got, it seemed like they were a little bit more excited. You could see, like, I could see, like, around me, people were, like, expressive that there's, like, oh, they hit hit this cool drop. Oh, they had this, like, very, like, throwback song, which hit really well at this point in the mix. So I feel like just the, I guess it's the melee factor, the overall impression um, Mm -hmm. just kind of swung it for these teams. And, um, yeah, and I feel like that's kind of what ended up putting... Overall, I mean, again, I had my I, I had MSU at first, but again, overall, people I think brought that argument up for Fortila, and that's what kind of put them ahead um, at mm-hmm. one. Cool. Thank y'all for coming on. Ooh, before and... we sign off, oh yeah, yeah, shoot, before shoot, we shoot. sign off, um, yeah, before we sign off, just everybody listening, take some time, read some news, look into what's going on in Punjab, educate yourself. The farmer protest is back. Do your do your due diligence. That's all I can say at this point, right? Like we we saw all the help that like it had like our voice had last time. We see all the help that our voice is attempting to get within other situations around the world world. Like step up, speak up, please.
That's absolutely. Um, there. Let me hold on. I forget. I keep forgetting. So last during the first farmer protest, uh, me and Nana we interviewed a Georgetown professor of South Asian culture and economic history economics at Georgetown, and we did an interview with him, and he really had like a very strong grasp of the history, the Green Revolution, so on and so forth. It's called the episode is policy to protest. I'll put a link in the description. It's a great conversation where you literally just get it from a guy who literally does this for a living in terms of creating economic policy for South Asia, for the American, for, I mean, he goes to Georgetown, but if you're in DC, you're probably consulting on somebody, um, some, um, some policy organizations. So it was a really great eye-opening conversation about the MSP, how that works. And it's really important. It is really important because ultimately, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to get on the soapbox real quick too, for a second. Um, so I've been kind of saying this and I'm having this with conversations, but Inshallah. Yeah, everything does get better soon. There is, so actually, so if I, when I had my conversation with uh, Dr. Schreffler, Gib Schreffler, he's the guy who, uh, he actually wrote a, uh, so another episode I did with him, the title of the episode was, um, Dol, Dol, Drummers, Identities in Modern Punjab. So he wrote a book uh, where he interviewed the, the, I don't, what's the word? The lineage of Tolis. Um, that from Punjab, and he was explaining to me how before, like back in the day, uh, bullies were more or less people like came from a certain family or like I don't want to say caste system, but like there was like a certain group of a group of people who did doles and it was kind of passed down. It wasn't really, uh, it wasn't really something like the landowners would um, do. They, they were be played by musicians and musician people. And eventually, and what happened was it was hereditary. It was a hereditary role that people would play and it would be passed down, passed down. But the thing is over time, over time, Dol, Bhangra, and other performances became more in rap, more wrapped in around Punjab, Punjabi identity and Punjabi culture. And it became, became like a pan Punjabi culture and cultural identity. What and he was he was kind of like raising some interesting questions, saying like, "Hey, like, listen, this is a hereditary role for a, a specific group of people within Punjab." It, like he was just like asking the question, like, "Is this something that sh like we should be talking about more?" And so it got me thinking. But ultimately, what I'm starting to notice, at least within the with, within the Desi diaspora, mostly in India, not so much in Pakistan, because Pakistan Muslims hate fun. Um, I can say that as a Muslim because my family does hate fun in music. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, I'm not <laughs> fucking wrong, dude. Like our, our weddings are lame. That's not true. They really, am I, well, am yes. I wrong? They're, they're fucking <laughs> lame. All right. Um, but anyways, so when I, when I, when I like observe the Desi diaspora, there is a sense that Punjabi culture is just generally being adopted as pan Indian culture. Like, oh, you're Indian, you probably know how to dance bhangra, or you can't, like, you know what a thol is. And it's being wrapped into this general sense of, like, diaspora, even though Punjab is its own very distinct culture. The same way, the like, the, there's so many different cultures that are very distinct, come from very different origins, um, like Vedic origins, Sri Lankan origins, all Tamil origins. Like, there's, there's so many different cultures that are, have are very unique and in, a, in another world would probably have their own goddamn country um, just because the cultures are so different and diverse. And what I don't really like that is going on is that Bhangra 
in other other aspects of Punjabi culture are being popularized by popular media, and so therefore are being extracted from the from the cultural uh, context that it originally came from, and just being sanitized, whitewashed, and old, and created as capitalist pro- product that can be like bought and sold and consumed without any understanding of its history and its context. And what I don't really like is, and again, we saw this with, about from plenty of folks during the first farmer protests, and we're probably going to see it again. But there are plenty of teams, not not even just specifically Pongada teams, but fusion teams as well. Honestly, more more so fusion teams that don't. They don't understand the history. They don't understand the culture. They don't take the time. They are using a cultural export from Punjab that is so integral to a Punjabi's identity. And as a Punjabi myself, it bothers me when... I see XYZ fusion team dancing to uh, like dancing to like a song about like glorifying like the 1984 genocide or anything like that because it's like dude you can't like you can't just pick up this dance form and not at least interrogate or be at least a little bit interested in its people and its culture. And what I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like rambling here because I have like many thoughts and feelings about this. But point being, exactly what Anil said, if you're going to be in this fucking circuit, know your shit. I'm not asking you to like learn Punjab, um, learn Punjabi and learn how to read and write in Gurmukhi or Shamukhi or anything like that. I'm not like asking anybody to do that. But what I am asking is if somebody fucking tell, is, is somebody from of like actual Punjabi descent or Punjabi origin or anybody else in the circuit who is like a leader in the circuit and is telling you, hey, motherfucker, like listen to this shit, understand where this where this culture and this identity and this dance comes from. And when the entire state of Punjab in India at least not the Western Punjab, and um, is out there protesting, you better understand why it's happening and be able to speak up and raise awareness for it. Because if you're not, then you are doing the exact thing of being a culture vulture, where you profit, you profit, you enjoy the culture, you consume the culture, but you do not contribute to it in any way. That is culture appropriation, not cultural appreciation. But yeah, all right. I get heated. But yeah. That was great. Cool. Dude. I like it. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, a good rant. Okay. Cool. That's, Thanks, man. That's um, the tenacity <laughs> FCB needed. <laughs> Yo, um, all right. All right. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Um, don't log off the call. I'm just going to end the stream. But um, again, if anybody else has any questions, concerns, complaints, uh, criticisms, anything, please let me know. This is the first time I'm doing this. I hope I want to do this more. I hope more judges actually also agree to come this on. I really appreciate that you guys came on and just like did this experiment with me. I know like doing a live conversation and opening yourself to criticism to a bunch of different people is scary and also completely unnecessary. You didn't have to do this. You don't have to volunteer this. So I really appreciate you guys coming on and doing this. Um, also with that. Uh, yeah. Quick shout out to Bungerpod. Uh, you guys are killing it. I feel like changing the game, making things a lot more transparent for teams. Um, this kind of stuff never happened when I first started in the circuit. So I feel like you guys are doing an awesome job, killing it, really, really making it a very cool and open circuit. A lot of teams are getting to learn from this. And, you know, when you're at a judges meeting, you only get feedback about your own team, but now you kind of get to hear feedback that we give to every team. So you can kind of enhance your team, get your teams dancing up, I think it's just a great thing for the entire circuit. So good job to the entire pod team.
It's just me right now, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had a full team with you, but Dan, hey, it's just you, and you're killing it, man. Good job. Cool.